You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Fresh faces on the block for Blue White Illustrated. No, not us. That's Nate Bauer, senior editor of Blue White Illustrated. I'm film analyst and host of the BWI Daily Edition, Thomas Frank Carr. But no, we're getting to meet officially for the first time several players that we have not had yet a chance to speak to as part of the media. That's what we're going to talk about today, the class of 2021. So Nate, how are you doing this fine summer Monday? And uh, once you fill us in on your weekend and all your plans and what you were doing, tell us, set the scene for us. What's coming up this week? Yeah, so uh, my my weekend was great. How was your weekend? I actually, I got to visit uh, some friends in uh, the Hudson River Valley. Ooh. Uh, yeah, no, it was a getaway with kids. Like, we typically don't go... How do I put this? We typically don't go like we try to leave our kids with somebody else when we go away <laughs> places. Right. Because you can't you're not you're never off. Right. Like, right. I mean, we, my friend has a pool. And so like, yeah, going to the pool with the kids is great, but not in any way relaxing. Like there's no relaxation. Now, now, now instead of trying to keep them from like grabbing knives and throwing things at the wall, you're now preventing them from drowning. Right. Yeah. You, yeah. You, ha you have to keep these things alive. Like that's. It's like the primary <laughs> goal of it. And so there's no there's no vacation part of it. It's like, right. oh, well, I hope I hope that these uh, people who that we created don't ruin the house uh, that we're going to visit, uh, <laughs> make make our friends hate us and then also don't kill themselves. Like, yeah. So in any case, we survived. We Low got stakes vacation. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was great. We had a great time. Now the Hudson um, River Valley sounds like such a a thing, right? So that sounds like uh, a pl a place in a plot of a novel. But is this yeah, like just well, New York uh, above New York City? Yeah, yeah, basically. Okay, yeah. No, I mean it's it's uh, New York is so pretentious. It has to name the things that lead to New York. Well, look, like there's there's a valley and there's the Hudson River is there. And, yes. you know, like you think of West Point, right? So West Point is in that general vicinity. It's very beautiful. I mean, it's it's oh, uh, yeah. you've, you've got the Catskills, uh, you know, kind of to the west. I believe it doesn't matter the point it, to the east, actually. Uh, it's nice. It's very nice. Um, but it's very far to get to from State College, Pennsylvania. So, yeah. you know. We made it. We're alive. What wow. was your weekend? Uh, nothing. Uh, no, oh, nothing. Good. Just nothing in general. But this coming weekend, so this is actually a good time to announce that uh, the show's going to be taking a break Thursday and Friday because for the first time since the show has started, I am taking a day off, which includes oh Christmas and every other holiday in between, Thanksgiving, Hall Halloween. Uh, so, yeah, we're off for the first time. Uh, Thursday and Friday. So no mailbag show. We wanted to get you on the show early in the week so that we could have your regular appearance. Uh, but yeah, I am going to wine country. 
Just a quick oh, wow. couple day getaway before Memorial Day weekend. When you say wine country, you mean Ithaca, New York? Yes. I also wanted to sound fancy, so I said you're going to wine country. <laughs> well, that's exciting. Yeah, we were gonna go. We were gonna go to the Outer Banks or something, and we were gonna go somewhere a little farther or more exotic. And then we were like, "Eh, it's a lot of work." Yeah, you know. And so yeah. I, I didn't grow up vacationing. I don't. I don't know how to do it. Like we don't know. My wife is a home buddy. Zoe does not like doing things, and I grew up not knowing how to vacation. So this is like a growing moment for us. This is the first vacation she and I have been on together since our honeymoon. So we just went back to the same place we went for our honeymoon. Like we're, we're super creative. (laughs) You'll be fine. It'll be great. Oh, I know it'll be fine. Like I'll, I always succeed at what I do. It's just getting up the gumption to do it. That's all. So, so, so in any case, now that no one is listening, uh, (laughs) listen, I don't care. I don't care. It's May. If you can't sit through a a couple of minutes of small talk and learn a little bit about Nate and me and our lives, then like terrible, that's all right. You probably weren't checking in in May anyway, but if you're here for the Um, show, that's cool too. We do, but we do, but we do have things coming. That's the point is yes. Wednesday this week, Penn state has, uh, set up for the media uh, the complete class of 2021, right? So the incoming freshmen from last year. So all the guys who just finished their freshman year, uh, as you guys probably know, Penn State, uh, you know, really dating back to Joe Paterno, has had a policy that has not changed of preventing their first year players on campus from speaking to the media, right? Like they're, it's, it's not a bad policy, right? Like you, you, these guys, uh, you don't as as a program, you don't want to put these guys in a position to say something that they don't mean or that could be misconstrued, what have you. And so, by giving them a year in the program before getting into those media responsibilities, uh, you know, it allows them to, to practice, right? Like to to get uh, to to get the news and notes, the cliff notes of what not to do, what to do during interview sessions. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I think that I am, you are, uh, certainly Greg, we're we're all excited, right. About the opportunity to talk to some guys who one played last year, right. Who we, we have not spoken to yet. Um, and then guys who haven't played guys, guys who have not had that opportunity yet to, to really make a mark on the field and, um, you know, very likely will though this season. So let's take a look. And so the, the funny thing is, is they're freshmen from last season. But the way recruiting right. works is, you know, Ryan and Greg and I are working on the class of 2023 right now. So there's like right. the freshmen that are here that we won't be talking to in, until next fall. And then there are these freshmen that played last year. And then the freshmen that will be coming in this winter. So it's all very convoluted if you're not careful. So I just want to reset and reintroduce the class of 2021 to everyone. Here is the full list. Landon Tangwall uh, was the highest-ranked player in that group at left guard. Uh, other notable players, actually most of this class is notable. Kalen King, Jalen Reed, Zachy Wheatley, uh, Jamari Budden, Kobe King, Harrison Wallace, and then a couple of other guys, some interesting things in the class, of course. Nate Bruce, Lonnie White Jr., both players that were uh, projected to be big parts of the class that left the program really before anything started for either of them in Lonnie White 
Jr.'s case, signing an MLB contract and opting to not go to college and not play football. So the the full class of 2021 is there. Um, it, another thing to recap, and this has been an interesting journey for this class. These are the players that did not have a senior season because of COVID. So um, I guess before we get into some of the other details and nuances, like, is that anything you're interested in of the, like the last couple years for these guys? Cause that's, what's interesting to me is like, what's this been like to get to this moment for you, given everything that they've gone through? Cause they took the brunt of all of that stuff that happened with COVID and canceling seasons. Yeah. Yeah. No, well, it, it's, it's this class and the last class, right? So two classes ago, um, you know, guys who, got to Penn State and just didn't right like they were in the program but no yeah. part of it was anything resembling right like the baptism by fire yeah. that happens when you're a true freshman on campus because they just they couldn't have practices in any way resembling normalcy right yeah. so for a lot of those guys I mean I think uh, in terms of basketball like Dalian Johnson's true freshman season at Penn State was just like a wash and you can yeah. look through a lot of those guys uh, for Penn State. It was the exact same deal. So, um, yeah, these these guys, you know, some of these guys would have, would have had uh, a senior season, but obviously, as you said, didn't have a senior season in in high school, um, and then come to Penn State, and some of them some of them are able to immediately play, right? Like Kalen yeah. King, obviously, was able to play right off the bat. Um, you know, and a, and a couple of these other guys, uh, Zaki Wheatley, right, had had snippets right had some yep. things that he was able to do um but yeah it's it's it, that is going to be an area of hey what like how much value did you get i think from last season yeah. right like because it was starkly opposed to two years ago where that class really got nothing from that year yeah. whereas last year these guys probably did get something from that year. They probably were able, whether they played or not, they would have been able to go through something approximating or pretty close to normal practices, right? Yeah. Like normal scout team work. So just to, in another quick reset to remind you the class of 2021, uh, they're on three team rank 19th in the nation. This was considered a down year by a lot of people. Uh, for Penn State, but really the size of the class, and this is what Ryan Snyder has, has beat the drum for a, for a long time, is when you have a smaller class, classes like this tend to get lower ranked, but the average ranking of the players in the class was relatively the same. Their Big Ten rank uh, was fourth as well, and you mentioned uh, some interesting players in the class that we've already seen and some that are projected as starters coming up this next fall. Kalen King, Landon Tangwall, two players that are projected to start and then uh, competing for a starting job would be Kobe King. And I put this on here for you, Sander oh, Sahadak at the kicker yeah. position. So lots of early returns on this class as well, Nate. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that if you're if you're well, among those players in particular, right, uh, Landon Tegwall is someone who Penn State fans have been waiting for, right? It, it's 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 difficult to make that projection of an offensive lineman coming in and having a huge impact right off the bat. But the elements were there, the flashes were there last season in the limited time that he did play to suggest or to lead to all of the optimism that exists for him this spring, 
uh, right? Like J James Franklin, the things that James Franklin said about him, the coaching staff said about him uh, this spring are that the, the, the talent is obviously there. It's just a matter of getting those reps and getting those opportunities. I think that yeah. the fact that he missed a little bit of spring practice probably wasn't great for him. Um, but yeah, I mean, th there's still a ton of hype, right? For lack of yeah. a better word, a lot of optimism for what he's going to be able to do this season. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's a, a group of, he's, he's a big reason. And this is interesting from a redshirt freshman. He's a big reason I'm having a positive projection of the Penn State offensive line. The yeah. talent up front has the potential to be better. And that's yep. a guy that, you know, to bring it back full circle, somebody we're talking to for the first time. That's yeah. a rare thing to do for an offensive lineman as a redshirt freshman, which by the way, um, quick side note. How do you keep 2020 and 2021 straight at all? Because if you look on the roster, I, I mentioned this in one of our roundtables this weekend, try to yeah. figure out who's who's a sophomore, who's redshirt junior, who's a whatever. Like the, I think even Penn State is almost on a case-by-case -case basis going through deciding what year they are in their right. eligibility. Right. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's difficult. It, look, like there was a time where they tried to you know create the perception that all of these guys had this opportunity to to use the bonus year of ncaa eligibility right and so like guys just didn't progress a class even though they yeah. played right i think i think kevon lee is is listed as a sophomore like period true sophomore yeah um but you know yeah. it's just that's just what it is like it's just it's just such a the 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 more we get away from it the less it's going to be front and center in our minds i think in our consciousness but the impact and the ramifications of these two very weird strange years are going to continue um and and you know sorting out roster management is going to be part of that yeah, uh, Kalen King is listed as a sophomore, and so is Kevon Lee and uh, and Parker Washington, Keandre Lambert Smith. They're all sophomores somehow. Yeah, <laughs> the timeline yeah. has been. This is like this is like all the Marvel movies now. The timeline has been absolutely broken. I don't understand what's going. Well, on. but but Kalen but Kalen King is a sophomore because he played last year, and right. he doesn't he doesn't get the bonus year. But right. yeah, Parker Washington in year three, right? It, it's in any case, yeah. Um, yeah, strange, strange times indeed. Uh, a couple other players in this class that are interesting as well uh, that, you know, maybe aren't starters, but are definitely in the mix for playing time. Harrison Wallace, yep. Yep. Key Wheatley, Jalen Reed, um, Kobe King, oh, I mentioned him already, and that uh, that might be it. Those three players specifically. You can throw Jamari Budden in there as a player that might see the field. But he's he's currently behind Curtis Jacobs, so I wouldn't expect him to see significant snaps. But really, those three uh, were, especially Wheatley and and uh, and Reed, were part of a very strong contingent from uh, the uh, uh, Michigan area. I'm sorry, uh, Wheatley's from Maryland, but there was a strong contingent from Michigan in this class that were all in the secondary and that were, were really a strong presence. I'm interested to see how that whole situation has worked for them, uh, you know, kind of making that transition to Penn State. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady. 
a Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah, I I mean, all of these guys, I think, um, you know, I haven't gotten the impression that there's been any any issues, right? I mean, like, certainly they have um, been people who the the Penn State coaching staff has has said very good things about and it continues yeah. to be or seems to be a, you know a source of pride i guess within the program right that they've been able to have that type of recruiting success out of that area yeah but no i mean to to your point though uh in terms of these second year players who they might not start but you know, you would absolutely expect them to be in the pecking order to have an opportunity to break through like Christian Veyu, right? Like right. he's not gonna, he's that not gonna mentioned yet, but very, I haven't mentioned yet, but exactly. I mean, this is, this is a player who Penn state, um, you know, is going to be counting on to be ready. Like yeah. that's, that's the deal is, is he, is he the starter coming into the summer or coming out of the summer when the summer ends? No, it's going to be Sean Clifford. We we yeah. have a pretty solid understanding of that, but we also have a pretty solid understanding that Sean Clifford is has had. There are reasons to believe it. It, it is difficult for him to make it through a season unscathed physically, yeah. right? And so when that happens, if that happens, this is the guy who you need to be ready for that moment. Um, and he was last year, right? I mean, by the time that they actually got to him for that Rutgers game, he was ready, but. Yeah. Uh, with another off with an off season, uh, being able to prepare himself more, uh, you know, certainly there are there are signs from this spring of optimism that that he's in a, a much better position than he had been, or that it would have like that any wouldn't anyone would have expected him to be as a true freshman. Yeah, and so uh, it just it's interesting remembering the storylines of recruiting and how all these guys got here, which is what I was bumbling through a little bit earlier. Uh, but like that's trying to remember the class dynamics here, what makes up this class. And one of the things that you mentioned, Veyu, one of the things I'm interested in is, is you know, kind of going back to the recruiting process and getting to know these players. Because from, from my perspective, I, I have a very poor understanding of this particular group because they a lot of them didn't play a senior season. Or yep. they were not really like there was there was issues, um, you know, just because of COVID-19 seeing the games. Um, yep. But one player that I do, you know, does have kind of a story that's interesting is Christian Veyu coming from Canada, playing in high school. And then as a guy learning American football, doesn't have a senior season and then, you know, goes through what he did getting to Penn State. What's that journey been like for him? in learning yep. the most complicated position of football. I'm always going to look at the film stuff. What are you interested in? What do you want to talk to these guys about? What do you want to learn from this group? 
Yeah, I mean, I think I think the linebackers are of particular interest to me, right? Uh, Jamari Budden uh, and Kobe King are are both guys who I, I don't think they were discussed as probable starters this spring, but were discussed as they're they're going to play, right? Like they're they're going to be a part of the. Um, you know, the plan, right? Like what Penn state wants to do defensively. And so how, how ready are they? How, how comfortable are they? Look, especially for guys who have only been in Penn state system for a year to have that year and then have it upend it, right? Like, so you learn one thing for 12 months and, or in some cases less than 12 months, but you learn it and then, okay, that's all, good and well that was brent pry wanted to do what does manny diaz want to do yeah. and how how has that transition taken place how how have how has your understanding of what your responsibilities are um how, how has it shifted how, yeah. how has it changed and how comfortable are you with that um so no i mean i think i think certainly those are guys that i'm going to be paying attention to and then uh, you know the other thing that i know uh you don't love to talk about but Gabe Nwosu as a, a punter and Sanders Sahidek. Like, yeah. Both of those guys could play this year. Um, you know, so how how ready are they for that? What's what's their makeup, right? Like how how do they conduct themselves? Because you you can tell, like the, you know, some guys, those guys, you have to have a certain way about you to fulfill a position where for however many plays it is a game, five plays a game. Everybody in that stadium is looking at you and only yeah. at you, right? Like that's a, that's a, that's a big deal. Right. And sometimes yeah. it takes some time to get to that point, but Penn state's certainly going to hope that uh, both either one or both of those guys are going to be ready to, to be able to fulfill that this year. And, and think about too, how many players are directly responsible for points, you know? Yeah. So on, on a, on a football team, only a few players score points, and the kicker is one of the most integral parts of scoring the maximum possible points. And yeah, I, you know, it's something that's like, it's one of those things I always just shrug my shoulders and like, yeah, it's important. I, I don't know, like, there's a mystery of the universe about kicking because yeah. you can see a guy that's got a big leg and it's just super inconsistent and all the talent in the world. I, I just, I always think about like Robert Aguayo went from Florida State in the second round of the NFL draft and was one of the worst kickers in the NFL, but was phenomenal at Florida State. So, like, the idea of understanding, even for professionals who know what they're looking at, understanding kickers and what happens there is, you know, is an inexact science. All of this can be an inexact science, but there's less certain areas, and kicker is one that is just a high level of uncertainty. But other than quarterback... The only person that is directly responsible for points on every drive is the kicker, at the very yep. least, with the extra point. Yep. How about how about uh, one name that we haven't talked about yet, but uh, I'm sure you're going to be interested in speaking to is Jordan Vandenberg on the yeah. defensive line. Yeah, that's another Let's... one with an interesting story of how he got to Penn State. You know, his whole story of, uh, I believe, coming from South Africa and playing a community college, and then he was he committed to Penn State in the middle of the summer, like, but was a freshman. So it was just a very unique story. And you know, that whole thing. 
and and truthfully, like where he fits on the defensive line and and how Manny Diaz plans to use players there. Yeah, I'm super interested in talking to Jordan Vandenberg, other than the fact that every time I see him, he's happy to see me. That's always nice. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that? He likes the show. He's a fan of the show. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> it's funny. Nice. I don't know if I've told this story on air, but uh, before I was here at Blue White Illustrated, I was doing my own show on my own YouTube channel, and I did a video breakdown of Jordan uh, from his tape at Community College. And one of the things I said is super explosive, um, you know, is is clearly strong upper body strength. And I was going through all the things that I liked about him. And I said, the one thing I can tell, though, is he doesn't have great lower body strength right now. Uh, and, you know, needs to work on that at Penn State. And then I got a message on the YouTube video from Jordan saying, hey, this is Jordan Vandenberg. Want you to know I was playing with a knee injury. I'm very strong. And I was like, I didn't know that. Thanks for the information. So that's really how, uh, how he's a, a fan of the show is finding the original video, I think. You jerk. How I know. dare you? <laughs> Things you say on the internet, people sometimes find. That's, yeah. you know, it's a scary thing. And that's always the yeah. thing I think people don't realize is like, you know, people in the comments want you to trash every single person that you talk about because apparently leaving a comment means you're angry enough at somebody that you want them to pay for whatever feeling that they made you feel. But then you've got to like, if you're on this side of the camera... Then you've got to live with the fact that those people heard that. And then you got to work with them. And obviously, as a journalist and as a film analyst, that's something we have to do. But it's not like we're going to come on here and be terrible, awful people about it, right? Like, you don't want to have that working relationship with, with anybody, but let alone people that you need to work with in the future. I, I mean, I think it's important to note that we don't say mean things about people off the air either <laughs> that's <laughs> right? a good like, point we don't say mean things about people that's that's a good point <laughs> because why do unto others anyway now yeah. I, I, there's one last group that i thought we should talk about which is harrison wallace and liam clifford right yeah at, at receiver penn state's got a situation where we, we have a pretty good understanding right now that mitchell tinsley is going to be part of it yep. uh parker washington pretty obviously and keandre lambert smith they're, they're all right there, right? Like they're yeah. all going to play and they're all going to see a ton of reps. Um, and then there's that next step down of right. Who, who else is going to fill in the gap? And um, you know, certainly Harrison Wallace is a guy who I think that there are some expectations, right. Of, Hey, yeah. you've first of all, two sport athlete, right. And, and had been recruited as a basketball player as well. And so to to make that transition and just have a year concentrating only on football, what has that done for him? Because it, really from the earliest stages of when he arrived at Penn State, there were, uh, you know, kind of rumblings, I would say, that like the athleticism and that portion of his game really shined. He, yeah. he, he those yeah. things, those things came through is that he just had a nat, uh, a natural knack uh, say that fast, um, you, you know, for, for right. Catching the football, making plays. Yeah. Um, and so whether or not he had a, a true comfort level in the offense, I, I, the suggestion is that he didn't, but okay. Now he's had a year. Uh, now he's had that opportunity. Yeah. What type of an impact can he make in the receivers room and on the offense as a whole? Can he, can he create a different dynamic 
uh, maybe from what Penn State has had there otherwise. Yeah, and it's an interesting situation when you look at the dis the the the, the positional distribution at the receiver positions. But talk about saying that five times fast. You've got Tinsley, Mega, and uh, Keandre Lambert Smith. Those are your three boundary receivers. You still, at this point, only have Parker Washington that's like a true slot receiver that isn't a true freshman. Some of the guys, yep. Amari Evans, uh, Caden Saunders, are are more interior players than pure outside players. Harrison Wallace is a, is a boundary receiver. I think some people think of him as, as a slot receiver, but he is a big, uh, athletic, and, and the vertical is what you talk about, the athleticism. I think that's the part that really separates him is that vertical leap and the ability to play above... Uh, other players on the football field that ability down the field is what Penn State needs in yeah. Mike Yersich's offense wanting to push the ball up the field you need to have receivers that you can throw the ball up to and Mega may be 6-4 and Keandre Lambert Smith may have a big catch radius but if they don't play that size in contested catch situations this is where I think Harrison Wallace really can do his damages he can push those two for playing time because yep. it's really the other two spots to me are locked. It's that third position, the other boundary receiver. There's three guys that can play there. And he has yep. the ab ability to push those first two to see the field. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just funny, though, because I think that we talk about it and think about it so much that there are just assumptions made as to what the level of talent will be from those three guys. Yeah. And... But you don't know. You just right, and, and that and that includes in practice, right? Like e even through the course of the season, you get feedback and start to understand, uh, you know, who looks good, who who doesn't, right, or who has some inconsistencies, and it that's fine. That that is fine to get that feedback, and it's fine to get that understanding. But there there is just a massive difference between doing it in practice and having some level of consistency in practice versus, hey. You have a pretty good understanding yeah. that you're going to be a rotational player in games, yeah. okay? Can you maximize, legitimately, this is what we're talking about, can you maximize the two times a game that somebody's going to throw the football to you? Yep. Right? Like, Because that's yep. what it is. You, you, get, you get two shots. And what are you going to do with those two shots, those three shots? Um, you know, can, can you be a person who changes the dynamic of the game uh, in a positive way for your offense. Or and just catches yeah. the football, you know? Like, in certain that's situations, that's, catch that's the football. Deal. Yeah. 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 I, you know, so. I, I I tend to focus on, you know, getting getting wide open and breaking tackles and, and doing more for the yeah. offense than what is designed. But at the very minimum, you should be catching the football. Even if it's yep. just catch and go down, if you're on the field and you're targeted, catch the football. Uh, the other thing that's interesting is, and I've been digging into some more of Sean Clifford tape and looking at some situ you know, situational football with him. The type of receivers on the field are, are, I think, as important as their skill level or what skills they have. So on the on the flip side, this will be the last thing I said about Harrison Wallace. Can he get open? Because Sean Clifford yeah. generally only throws to receivers that are open. He doesn't typically throw the ball into traffic. And if you're a yeah. guy that you're you're you make your living off being a big bodied possession guy that fights for the football in the air, you might not see those reps, which is why I think the tight ends have been a little bit underutilized. And, and that kind of folds into the narrative of who's getting targets. Why are they getting targeted? You know, so if Harrison Wallace doesn't 
have a big year, we can look through some of the things and try to pinpoint why. Um, but all that wrapped up in, in just this particular class. So last call for other players you're interested in learning more about coming up on Ta- Wednesday. Townley and McGraw. And then that that is literally the last call, right? Yeah. But just two defensive ends at a position that needs it, right? Yeah. So is there is there a surprise there? Is somebody ready to insert? The, just being blunt, I, I think that you would probably echo this sentiment. We didn't hear their names a lot this spring, yeah. right? Like just e- even even as potential. Oh, hey, you know maybe they're going through something and. But when when they come back in the summer, what what have you, whatever the situation is, there just there wasn't a lot of that. And so, it, with that being the case, are where are they? Right, where are they yeah. in their development? Where are they as potential, um, you know, contributors there at a spot that I, I don't think that there's any question it's it's needed. Yeah. <laughs> right? Oh, I mean, for sure. Just, Especially with Zariah Fisher going down, uh, that from a numbers perspective too, somebody had to step up in the spring. Now there's yep. here's, here's what I'll say. If you want to know how I feel about those two players, blue white illustrated.com on the lion's den message forum. I had a conversation about both of them recently there. And if you want to have a conversation with Nate blue white illustrated.com on the lion's den message forum to get there, you need to sign up and be a premium subscriber. Here's the good news. It's a dollar for a year's worth of access. So next May, you're going to be hitting the summer and you would have just completed a full year of Penn State football for a dollar. Great time to sign up. Great deal. Do it. Tell your friends. You're a great deal, Nate. You're a great deal of help here on the show and I appreciate you. Oh, stop. That'll do it today for the BWI Daily Edition. Don't forget, coming up tomorrow, the recruiting show. Some big news uh, is circling around some movement in the class of 2023 some announcements coming up soon ryan is back from vacation i think and he'll have more on all of that so stay tuned tomorrow to the bwi daily recruiting show on tuesdays i'll be back on wednesday to round out a short week for us we'll talk to you then hello it is ryan and i was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com i looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing they were also playing chumba casino coincidence i think not everybody's loving having fun with it chumba casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere even at thirty thousand feet so sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus that's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus.